Good Sunday morning, good Sunday morning. I hope that you find yourself just as that song where you can testify this morning. He has set you free. Because the Bible says, whom the Son has set free, he is free indeed. So I'm hoping you're free in your mind, free in your heart, free in your spirit, free in your soul this morning. Join me in prayer. This morning, kind and everlasting Father, it's once more and again, Father, that a few of your humble servants just come to say thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. And thank you for the multitudes of your tender mercy. Thank you for walking us to sleep last night in the cradle of your arms. Thank you for allowing no thieves to break in and no fires to break out. Even thank you, Father, for being faithful once more and again and touching us this morning with your warm finger of love, allowing us to have a reasonable portion of life, health, and strength. Thank you for rimming on our back and shoes on our feet. Thank you for cool water to drink. Thank you for a roof over our head. Even thank you, Father, for sense in our head this morning. Thank you, Father, for the soundness of mind and clarity of speech and clarity of thought this morning. Thank you for taking us through another week, Father. We are just like the Bible said. We realize this morning this is the day that the Lord has made. We will be glad and rejoice therein, Father. So this morning, Father, give us a free mind, a free heart, and a free soul. If there be any bitterness, if there be any anger, if there be any strife, if there be any resentment, if there be anything in us, Father, that's unlike you right now, Father, we ask that you take it away and remove it, Father. Give us joy. Give us peace. Give us temperance. Give us meekness. Give us long suffering. Give us faith. Most importantly, give us love, Father. Forgive us of all our sins and our trespasses. And if anything we fail to ask that you see we so desperately stand in need of, Father, we ask that you grant it to us. 
We pray this prayer in the awesome, able, almighty name of that name, the name that's above every name, the name that at every knee shall bow and every tongue must confess that he is Lord. Welcome to another week's edition of Mount Olive Missionary Baptist Church Podcast, where the Reverend Woodrow Wilson is pastor. This week, our Sunday school lesson is taken from the book of Genesis, 37 chapter, verses 2 through 11, verses 23 through 24, and verse 28. The title of today's lesson is, When Love is Lost. Key verse for today's lesson, if you have your Bibles or your Sunday school book, key verses. And his brethren envied him, but his father observed his sayings. Genesis 37 chapter verse 11. We can see here when we go down through our Sunday school lesson, Jacob begins a new section. We find in chapter 37 of the book of Genesis, where it mainly deals with the story of Joseph. We see in this story as a young man, Joseph is 17. And when you're 17, sometimes you uh, don't have the most wisdom, don't have the most knowledge and don't have the most understanding. You may say or do whatever comes to mind, not realizing that there may be consequences to pay, even when you say what's right, even when you say what God is giving you to say. At, as a young man at the age of 17, Joseph alienates his brothers by reporting their misdeeds to his father. His unpopularity increases when his father Jacob provides him with a coat that reflects his special relationship and his special care and his special love for his son, Joseph. Favoritism was in Jacob's story from his own childhood and was a source of tension in his own marriage. Now, even in his own age, he continues this practice. As a result, the other brothers, with the possibility of the exception of his youngest son, Benjamin, all hate Joseph. We come to realize when they use the word hate or hatred is different than how we use the term hate or hatred. When we use the word hate, we usually mean to say something. It's about an attitude we have. However, in the Hebrew context, it's a verb to hate. And it has a different meaning. It is a deed or in its inception of a deed. To practice this kind of hate, it's like bestowing a bowstring being pulled back. It has no purpose unless an arrow is on it and then is unleashed. 
By the same token, hate makes no sense unless one follows through with a corresponding deed. Thus, our storyteller says that the brothers hated Joseph. We should expect that a hateful deed would follow. And as we go through the story, we realize that there was a hateful deed that followed. He told on his brothers, which caused them to have hatred towards him. And then he made the situation even more complex because one day, Joseph revealed the dreams that he had. That one day, his brother and that his father would bow down to him. Joseph's dreams were valid. It would prove out that he had a special destiny purposed for his life and directed for his life by God. But unfortunately, he was naive in thinking that his brothers would be impressed by his dreams or by his sin. They weren't going to be impressed and they weren't going to take too kindly and they weren't going to think he was special like his father. They had a hostile reaction. Certainly, we shouldn't be surprised by this. We have to wonder, why didn't Jacob anticipate this? Certainly, if he had been a schemer at heart, he would have thought about it. However, he apparently sent Joseph to them without any awares of the bristling resentment and hatred they had in their heart towards their brothers. We must be careful, brothers and sisters today, even when we have dreams, even when we have visions, even when we know they're directly from the Lord, sometimes you can't share all your dreams. Sometimes you can't reveal everything that God has shown you that will come to pass in the future. Everybody can't stand to hear that they won't be at the top of the mountain. Everybody can't stand to hear that sometimes they may have to serve you, that they may have to work with you that they may have to deal with you and that they may not be on an even playing field with you that you may be elevated because it's God's will it's because it's God's divine purpose for your life to save theirs sometimes you just got to keep some things to yourself as we get ready to close out this Sunday school let's think about some truths for today in a moment of reflection I know you're very aware of this story I know you know it inside and out I know you've studied it but there are some truths that we must walk away with so the truths for today sometimes the deepest wounds are given by those who are not even aware that they're causing hurt Jacob did not seem to be conscious of the hostility that his treatment of Joseph 
aroused in his other son, his other sons. Joseph, on the other hand, was totally totally unconscious of the adverse effect that him reciting his dreams would have upon his brothers. He was naively expecting them to rejoice with him over the prospects. They alienated him. And when they alienated him, they showed that they were hurt. And it warns us of our responsibility and to cultivate a sensitivity on how when we tell things may cause wounds or cause others to how they may respond around us. Most of us are confined to our own small little world and we cannot imagine how others must be thinking. Some of us don't even care how others feel. But if we're going to be Christians in our hearts, if we're going to be Christians in our mind and soul, and more importantly, if we're going to be Christian in our deeds, if we're going to be genuine Christians this morning, we got to have concern, not only for ourselves, but we got to have concern on how we do and how we treat others. If we care about people, we'll refrain from doing those unnecessary things and irritating things that will alienate them from us if they're not open to what we're trying to say or what we're trying to do. We have to ask ourselves, should it matter to us what people think about us? Indeed, it does if our vanity is responsible for their lack of understanding. For we have, first of all, as a Christian, to try to understand them. So in other words, let me put it where everybody can understand it. We have to know our audience. Sometimes, as I started off by saying, you can't say everything to everybody. Sometimes you have to realize how you can talk to one brother is not how you can talk to another sister. So just remind yourself before you share your message, before you share your dream, even before you have general conversations throughout this week, be careful how you say what you're going to say and when you're going to say it, because not everybody can accept it. And sometimes you have to fine tune your message for your audience. Remind yourself, you can't deliver it every the same way to everybody today. So take heart that you be careful in what you say and how you say it, because if not, some love can be lost. I'm gonna hide behind the mountain. I'm gonna hide behind, hide behind the mountain. 
give down, me, man. Lord. Let the blessing fall on me. Oh. mercy on us this morning we realize father if we're talking to you this morning you've already had mercy but we ask that you continue to have mercy on us this morning father have mercy on our mind have mercy on our sin sick soul have mercy on our hearts this morning father have mercy on our health and our strength have mercy on our lack of faith this morning father have mercy on us this morning father we're asking you have mercy father be gracious to us. Be kind to us. Be as a father to us, Father. A father that has mercy, has kindness, has tenderness, and has love towards his children, Father. But Lord, we don't want to take your mercy in vain this morning, Father. So, Father, help us to walk right. Help us to talk right. Help us to be right, Father. Help us to see right this morning, Father. Help us to love right, Father. Help us to treat our neighbor right this morning. But more importantly, Father, help us to maintain fellowship and oneness with you, Father. Forgive us of all our sins. Forgive us of all our trespasses. Forgive us of all our evil ways and all our evil thoughts, all the hatred, all the envies. Have mercy on this land of america this day father go by and heal all the sick if it be thine holy and everlasting will father and if not father make us satisfied if you don't change our situations if you don't move the sickness if you don't move the problem if you don't move the trouble if you don't get rid of the tribulation father Help us to still have faith and confidence in you and help us not to charge you foolishly for anything that you see fit to do, have done, will do, and shall do in our life. But at the end of the day, Father, help us to be right. Because when it's all said and done, Father, after all these trials and after all these tribulations, after all these light afflictions, Father, we just want to be at your master's feet, Father, so you can wipe away all tears from my eyes, Father. We just want to hear that you please, Father. We don't want to hear depart because you never knew us, Father. So help us to get it right on this side of the Jordan, Father. So we can go to a place where we'll 
never grow old. Thank you, Father. Amen.
If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 30, and let's look at verse 22. When you get there, it reads on this wise, and God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and he opened her womb. Grass withered, flower fadeth, but the word of our God has been tested, tried, and proved shall stand forever. Just for a few moments this morning, I want to speak from the subject. Things are opening up for me. Look to whoever's sitting with you right now at your house, or if you're by yourself, I need you to remind yourself, remind your husband, your wife, your daughter, or your son, even your friend, but more importantly, remind yourself this morning, things are opening up for me. When you get in your own praying ground, take the time to read Genesis chapter 29 and chapter 30 for context. Things. Uh, opening up for me. Genesis chapter 29. Jacob just had been on the run and was trying to figure out where he was going to go and how he was going to get there because there had been a family dispute of how his father had blessed him instead of his brother Esau and he cheated his brother Esau out of the blessing. So Jacob's mother sent him on a run and said, go to where my brother is and you will be safe there. Jacob finally gets to the land where his uncle is. He's in the middle of the city where the animals go to the middle of the day to get their water for feeding and drink. While Jacob is talking to some of the men of the town, he asks how his uncle was doing. And they said, yes, we know him and he is well. Shortly thereafter, there's a young lady named Rachel. She is the keeper of her father's sheep. In other words, Rachel 
It's a shepherd. Jacob sees Rachel. She's tender-eyed and lovely to be looked upon. Jacob decides that he will roll away the stone over the well so the animals can drink. He began to tell her that uh, your father is my mother's brother. And he kisses Rachel on the cheek. Rachel gets the animals as the shepherd to run back and tell her father. Her father runs to meet Jacob. He welcomes Jacob into his land and into his territory. Jacob at this time isn't married. And Jacob loved Rachel from the sight. And he said, I work for you seven years if he let me have your daughter Rachel. He said, it'll be done unto you. But the night of the marriage, Jacob was tricked because he didn't get the woman he thought he was going to get. He got Leah instead. And his father-in-law told him, he said, it's not the custom in our country that the younger gets married before the elder. So he said, work for me seven more years and you can have Leah and you can have Rachel. Jacob agrees to have and work seven more years so he can have Rachel, the tender-eyed one, the beautiful one in his eyes as his wife. The Lord saw that Leah was despised and that she wasn't as loved as Rachel, even though she was Jacob's wife. So the Lord began to open up Leah's womb. And during this time, Leah goes on to have six children, five boys and one girl for Jacob. And each time she had a child, she thought it would draw her closer to her husband that he would love her. But unfortunately, he still always loved Rachel more than he loved Leah. Chapter 30. Here it is. Rachel is beginning to be bothered. And she begins and said to Jacob, give me a child. And Jacob refers to her and he said, am I God that holdeth back a child from you? In other words, this is not a conversation you need to be having with me. This is a discussion that you need to have with God because it's out of my control. And that's a word for us today. Some things, as bad as we may have tried, and as bad as we may want them, as much as we must put as much effort and intensity into making them happen, some things are only going to happen when God decides he wants them to happen. Some things are just, no matter how much money we have, no matter what our circle of friends are, some things are just out of our control. Needless to say, God finally has mercy on Rachel. As we read in verse 22, and he hears her. And not only does he hear, he remembers her. He hears her, and then he opens up her womb. That's the end of the story. Now let's start all over and see what the Lord has to say to us this morning. Life sometimes can make you feel like every door is shut. 
No matter how hard you try to pull, to force it open. Sometimes life can just make you feel like the doors are shut. The doors are shut on the career that you thought that you was going to have because there was this pandemic that came along. It was called COVID-19 and where it looked like everything was going to be all right. You was finally going to have the office on the corner. You finally was going to be making the salary that you thought you, you was deserving of that you went to school for. But somehow or another, the door got closed. Here it is. You thought everything, the door was going to be open for romance and you thought the marriage was going to be okay. But for some reason or another, it just looks like the door is closed. It seems like the door is closed because you realize now that I have all this time to spend with my significant other, I don't know them and they don't know me and I don't know if this thing can work. Sometimes life can just make you feel like all the doors is closed. Even when it comes to the house of God, it seems like all the doors are closed. It seems like you finally made up your mind that you was going to be committed. It seems like you finally made up your mind that you was going to give service to the house of God. Every time the doors was open, it seems like you finally made up your mind that you was going to join the choir. You finally made up your mind that you was going to be on the deacon board. You finally made up your mind that you was going to be a deaconess. You finally made up your mind that you was going to come to Bible study and you was going to be there at prayer me. You finally made up your mind that you was going to be there every day, every Sunday for Sunday school, on time. But here it is. It seemed like when you made up your mind, all the doors got closed. But I'm here to tell you this morning, what seems like the doors are closed, if you just hold on just a little while longer, I'm here to tell you the door isn't closed. Because those doors that we think are closed are just mere fragment of doors but tell somebody that if you want the door to be open you gotta have jesus this morning because he said i am the way the truth and the life tell somebody that jesus is the door this morning and if you got jesus no door is ever closed this morning i got three short things i want to tell you this morning why things are opening up for you there it is we just gonna stay right there in the text in verse 22, first thing verse 22 says, and God, tell somebody things are opening up for you this morning because you're connected to the right source. Truth be told, we always spend too much time trying to get connected or be connected to all the wrong things on all the wrong people, you know. You try to get connected to six foot three, 225 pounds, Denzel Fine, and here it is. He'll never come home at night. Here it is. He never, never does his part to help for the betterment of the house. Here it is. He, he, he's pretty boy, uh, pretty boy Ricky, and he's not Bob the Builder. Tell somebody, you got to get corrected to the right thing and not get busy getting connected to the wrong thing. Here it is, you want a Beyonce fine with Holly Berry shape. And here it is, she's a brick house, but she got no books upstairs. Tell somebody, you've been connected to the wrong thing. Tell somebody, it's now time to get connected to the right thing. Even if you're connected, sometimes we have to come to the realization that your connections, just some things they can't do. I don't care what it is. Your connection can have all the money in the world. But if it's up to God for you to take your last breath, tell somebody your connections can't fix that problem this morning. If your heart is broken this morning, 
tell somebody your your connections they may be comedians they may have voices that sing like angels but tell somebody you got to have the right connection because it's only God. It's only Jesus that can lift a bow down head. It's only God and it's only Jesus that can dry tear-stained eyes this morning. Tell somebody you got to have the right connection this morning. Truth be told, you should be screaming and hollering right now that despite how bad you've been, despite what you don't have, and despite all the baggage you bring to the table, Despite how horrible your past has been, tell somebody I'm happy this morning because I'm still connected. If you're listening to me this morning, you're inhaling and you're exhaling. And if your mind has stayed on Jesus this morning, tell somebody you ought to be turning over your house. You ought to be running through your house screaming and hollering this morning because you realize you're connected. Because truth be told, there was a time when your mind wouldn't know him this morning. But if your mind, you woke up this morning, just like the old wood church used to say, with your mind still stayed on Jesus. If you got a right mind this morning where you're still trying to do the right thing if you got a right mind realizing that you can do better than what you did yesterday tell somebody you're connected this morning if you're connected this morning you ought to be hollering you ought to be saying thank you god and thank you jesus for a change of heart and a change of mind and i thank you for being connected to me holler this morning i'm connected we're connected this morning Because we read in his word, the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. We're connected this morning because the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 26, and God said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness and let them have dominion of all the fish of the sea and all the fowl of the air and over all the cattle and over all the earth and over all every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. Tell somebody this morning, I'm connected. Reason number two, why things are opening up for you this morning. Things are opening up for you this morning because the God we serve has a sequence. There it is right there in the text. And God, remember, tell somebody, things are opening up this morning because the God we serve has a sequence. Let the church say, huh? In other words, tell somebody God has a plan. Far too often the people that we deal with, the people that we're connected to, the people that we're tied to, they don't have a plan. They don't have an agenda for us. You know, you walk down down out and you said I do and you thought they had a plan and you thought they had an agenda because you were connected to them but how they were going to make your life better how they was going to help you fulfill your life dreams but it come to find out 10 15 years down the road they don't have a plan they don't have an agenda they don't even have you in their thoughts this morning Thank God this morning that the God we serve has a sequence because he remembers us. Tell somebody, the God we serve, he has order. He has an order how and when we wake up in the morning. He has an order and how and when we put our feet on the ground. He has an order of when we inhale and exhale. He has an order when we put one foot in front of the other. He has an order of before we put our sentences together on what we think, how we think, and when we think. He has an order of when we say and when we don't say. Tell somebody the God that we serve has an order this morning.
He has an order because you have the right name. And it says right there in verse 22, and the God remembered Rachel. Rachel means female sheep. And if you are a child of God, you are just like Rachel. You're one of his sheep. The Bible says in Psalms 103, Know ye that the Lord, he is God, and that he hath made us, and that not we ourselves, we are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Tell somebody this morning, I'm one of his sheep. Chapter 29, verse 9, Rachel is the keeper of the sheep. In other words, he lets you lead, but in order to lead, tell somebody you got to learn to have, you got to learn to follow. In other words, God has a sequence for our life. Rachel started off as a shepherd of the sheep. When you go back and read Genesis chapter 29, verse 9, she was the keeper of her father's sheep. And if we know anything about a keeper of the father's sheep, she might have had to fight off dangerous wolves and bears and lions and she might have had to go after the sheep when they got lost and when they got astray but in order before for her to do that she had to learn how to follow she had to learn how to be led herself she had to follow a particular order and she had to go in the sequence that God wanted her sequence to be what I like about the text is it said, and God remembered Rachel. And in the Hebrew, the word remember means to command, to visit, to order, to remember and account. In other words, the God that we serve, he has command over our life and he visit our lives. But not only does he have command and order of our life and visit our lives, he remembers our lives and he places things in order. And in sequence in the way that he needs them and wants them to go in our life. Because if it was up to us, our lives would be all over the place. If we had control over our own lives, if God didn't remember and if he didn't have a sequence on our lives, we would find ourselves doing things not in the right order. Because we sometimes would think we're ready for certain things in certain situations and it would be for our demise. Raise your hand today if you did some things in your life out of sequence. Raise your hand this morning if you didn't uh, uh, consult God and you just took some things in your own hand and you're paying for it right now. But thank God that despite even when our lives get out of sequence, even when our lives get out of order, thank God that we are his sheep and he is our shepherd. And even when we got our lives get out of order and get out of sequence. Thank God that we serve a God this morning that is a shepherd that remembers us. And he has command over us and command over our lives. And he puts our life back in order. Thank God that we serve a God that has power and authority. And he will remember, and not only will he remember, he'll recall every detail of your situation. Thank God that we serve a God this morning that never forgets. Neither does he go blind or deaf to our situation. 
Okay, here it was. In between the time that Jacob and Rachel got married, there were 26 verses. And there were six kids that was had by Jacob and Leah, her other sister. I don't know how long of a time period that was because the Bible doesn't say it. But we can just imagine that there was some time period that had elapsed. Might have been some days, might have been some months. More than likely, there were several years that had elapsed that Rachel had to sit there and wait for her time to come. But thank God that we serve a God that never forgets us, never goes blind to us, and he hears us. But not only does he not forget us, and not only does he not go deaf to us or blind to us, tell somebody he remembers us and he blesses us. Last reason why things are opening up, we find it right there in the text. Still in verse 22. And the text says, God hearkened unto Rachel, and he hearkened to her, and he opened her womb. Things are opening up for you this morning because he's in always in range of you. <laughs> Thus, hearken. You don't know when to shout this morning. I didn't say you're always in range of him, but he's always in range of you. Some things we say, some things we do can put us out of range. You know how you cut the food last night? You know how you gave somebody a piece of your mind and you didn't go back to get it right? You know how you had hatred and envy in your heart? You know how you was going off on somebody? You know how you said you wasn't going to never help somebody again? You know how you said you, said you was going to get somebody told or you was going to get somebody straight? You know how you said you was never going back out to that church no more? You know how you said you wasn't going to do nothing for your husband or nothing for your wife no more? You know how you said... I'm not, I'm done with my kids. I'm washing my hands. I'm sick of them. I'm not thinking about them. I'm not studying them. I'm not going to have no mercy. I'm not going to have no compassion. You know how you walk past that person that said they needed some help and you said, I'm just not doing it. I'm tired of people taking advantage of me. I'm tired of people taking my kindness for weakness. It's just some things we can say and there's some things we can do that can put us out of range of Jesus. But thank God that we serve a God this morning that although we get out of range of him, he's never out of range of us. Anybody here this morning can testify with me that we've been out of range of him. And despite the fact that we got out of range of him by our actions, our thoughts, and our deeds. God still had his eyes open to us. He still had his ears still open to our call. And despite the fact that we got out of range of him, he still was a shepherd to us. Despite that we got out of range to him, he still delivered us this morning. That word hearken means to listen and to monitor. You know, um, there is a difference between hearing and listening. Here's just a, simply the act of perceiving sound by ear. Um, that's just something that you can easily do without trying. But to listen, however, is to constantly something that you have to choose to do. It requires concentration and attention. You missed your shout cue this morning. God loves you so much. Not only is he hearing you, which he can do just by not even trying. He listens to you this morning. 
he listens to you, mean, in other words, he's concentrating on you this morning and he's giving you attention even when you get out of range. Oh, what church, something like this. I love the Lord. He heard my cry and he pitied every groan as long as I live and trouble rise. I'll hasten to his throne, not out of preaching this morning, just out of time. If I had time this morning, I'll tell you this morning, things are opening up this morning for you. Because this blessing is just for you. There it is. And God, remember Rachel. And God hearkened to her. And he and opened her womb. I tell you this morning, this blessing is just for you. Is there anybody here that knows God is able this morning? You ought to clap your hands. You ought to stump your feet because God is able. The God we serve, he is opening doors for us. The God we serve is still on our side. He opened the door this morning by waking you up in your right mind. He opened the door this morning by closing you with a reasonable portion, life, health, and strength. He's opening the door for you this morning by allowing you to praise his name. He's opening the door for you this morning by giving you a change of heart, a change of mind, a change in spirit. He opened the door for you this morning by going up on a hill called Calvary's Mount. Y'all know what he did. He died till he couldn't die no more. Said they hung him high. They stretched our God wide. But they said that he hung his head and for you and me, he died. But thank God this morning, where they thought the door was closed, our God got up with all power on the third day with all power in his hand. He opened up the door for you. He opened up the door for me. Thank God the God that we serve still is opening up doors.
make sure for the rest of your life you serve him. Make sure you pray for all the sick.